Blog Talk Radio. Howdy, y'all. This is, uh, this is that there fella, Kalen Patterson. Pay for pay real tall, Midwest muscle. Pay for pay with uh, some Desiree lady and me again, that fella. But anyway, this here program is sponsored by Pay for Pay Muscle. The number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in this entire Todo El Mundo, if you know what that means. And if you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for some shoes or socks or or maybe a solid foundation to stand on, how about that? Uh, and to be able to drive your goals like what that right? <laughs> like some ice cream right there, like there, like that. Melt on that cone right there, like that. Through a max I tell you what. I tell, I tell you, you what. what. Hey, 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 look here. If you got your eyes on and maybe another set of glasses, check us out at com. And now uh, let's uh, bojangle with our vocal cords. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Right there like that. I tell you what. It. You know that is one of my favorite phrases. I just like saying it. I want everybody out there right now, wherever you are, I want you to say, I tell you what, I and I challenge what? you to tell me that you don't feel better after saying that. Oh, I, I challenge you. Every, I, do, I know. Day. I do every time, too. I have to say it. I tell you what. And it, and you can say it like what? 20 different ways, and it'll mean 20 different things. You can do it slower. Right? I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> listeners welcome back it's another tuesday can you believe it march is almost over march is march in my throat march is almost marched out i tell you what i'm telling you what um (laughs) okay we gotta move on we gotta move on but i am gonna say this so we had a special request you know kayla likes to come on and do his accents, his voices. We've had a little operatic singing. Um, and so we had a request for the promo in Marvin Gaye. Um, not in Marvin Gaye language because there's no such thing, but to a Marvin Gaye tune. And so Kalen's going to be working on that. And I hear tell he's going to roll that out on Thursday. So you guys yes. want to call back in and listen up on Thursday. And I also I know... I tell you what, that I had promised that I was going to talk to you about the uh, my little hormone challenge that I referenced last week, but that's going to have to wait a little bit. I did. Well, I didn't mean to. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to get you in trouble. I was but just saying. I had off. no idea. I, I had no idea. I'm telling you what. <laughs> but we're going to have to put that one off a little bit because – Tonight's show, we've got some really great, great guests on here, and hey, I know that you, you are going to want to. It said great. It just didn't come out that way, but that's what I said. I tell you I like what. Gates. Um, We're going to open the gates. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to want to take the whole time um, just listening, soaking in, because we've got one heck of a story to share with you tonight. And I say we, but I'm really yes. meaning. John Morris and Debbie Portell, both of them with Integrity Training Systems in uh, St. Louis, and 
Um, just a phenomenal couple, phenomenal story. And with that, John and Debbie, say hello to everyone in P4P Real Talk listener land and tell them a little bit about yourself. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Glad hey. to be here. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> a little bit about us. Of course. Uh, we, we own a, a gym here in St. Louis, and we also do personal training and nutrition out of uh, multiple other locations locally as well, symbiotically with other facilities. But uh, to give a little bit of background about me, I actually used to be a police officer and got into this line of work because of Debbie. Uh, I actually had a 100 pounds that I needed to lose that I became aware of after having a heart attack. Um, I actually went to an emergency room uh, with a doctor who knew me. I was on my way home from duty uh, one day, still wearing my police uniform, and I could feel the onset of the heart attack, all of the symptoms, the sweats, the pain, the numbness. And I had just been on so many calls of that that I knew that that's what I was dealing with. And so I I pulled off into this um, emergency room, and I went in, and I told him I thought I was having a heart attack. And Due to my age being 26, they thought I was joking until I started stripping my uniform off, and then they realized I was pretty serious standing right there at the front desk. So um, this emergency room doctor actually knew me just for me having brought people in over the course of the few years that I worked for this municipality. And uh, when I woke up, he told me that I had a heart attack because I was very bluntly fat. That's what he said. That was his choice of word. And he said, you've got no genealogy for it. You have no reason for it. Your health is clear. You just have an arrhythmia issue that's based off of your consumption of caffeine, energy blends, energy drinks. And then you've got blood that's entirely too thick because of how heavy you are and how poorly you eat. Wow. Um, So that was kind of an eye-opening experience for me. Um, I've been an athlete before. Uh, I was an athlete in high school, I was an athlete outside of high school, and you kind of just go on thinking, you know, you're invincible. And at 26, I remember I didn't feel well. I mean, I woke up every day, and I was 310 pounds, and my feet would hurt, my knees would hurt. I was constantly tired, but I just assumed, well, this is what it feels like to get old, right, at 26? You know, that's what you should be thinking about. Oh, my gosh. uh, Oh, my gosh. So uh, I had a a mutual friend of mine that I spoke with. He actually was a a fitness center owner. And he said, look, I got this lady, um, which ended up being Debbie Portell here. And he said, you need to talk to her. She's the best in the business. She'll help you lose the weight. And so I was like, well, okay, I guess I'll go meet this girl. And uh, I'm thinking, here I am. I'm I'm six foot four. I'm 310 pounds. And all she's going to tell me is that I don't get to eat anymore. She's going to she's gonna say, you need to stop eating completely or, like, just eat a salad every once in a while, you know. And So I'm nervous because I like to eat. You don't get as large as I was because you don't like to eat. And uh, so I go to this gym to meet with her, and um, I meet Debbie. Debbie's about – Debbie, how tall are you? Uh, just barely 5'2", but I like to say I'm 5'2". Oh, wow. yeah. Well, she goes for 5'2 and a half, so it's interesting to see her say just barely 5'2". So here's 5'2", Debbie. <laughs> and I like to point out her size because I, I, I like where this story goes, um, and it's actually a large part of what propelled me into uh, changing my life. And um, because Debbie is this this small person, and I come in and I meet with her, and she tells me we're going to go back to the office, we're going to talk about nutrition. 
And so I say that, okay, you know, and I'm following her and I'm kind of waddling side to side and I've got my head kind of down because, you know, I deal with depression. I dealt with anxiety, PTSD, and I'll get a little bit more into all of that. But I had a lot more going on than just my weight. And yeah. uh, so I'm following her thinking, you know, she's she's just going to tell me I can't eat anymore and that, you know, all this, you know, these pills I got to take and these supplements. And so I follow her back to the room and our mutual friend had explained who I was to her by telling her only what I did and only of my physique. So the height and weight I just gave you and I'm bald and I look angry, but that's really just because it didn't feel good. Um uh, explained to her that I was a hand-to-hand combat specialist and a marksman. Makes me out to sound like this tough guy. Like I was actually impressed by my resume. I, I'm not that cool. <laughs> and so you got little bitty Debbie takes me in her office and shuts the door. And I say, oh, well, should I have this seat here? And she turns around and she says, listen, I can fix you physically, but long before we even start talking about your weight, we need to figure out what's going on with your spirit. Cause I can see something hanging on you like a sickness and until we get your mind and your spirit right, it doesn't matter what we do with your body. You're not going to be okay. And um, nobody talks okay, to so, like that. <laughs> so, so John, so I, we might, we definitely want to pick up where you just left off. But I'm going to cut in here for a second because we've already had a listener question that's been hanging on, and I feel like it would be good to get it answered before we get into Debbie basically saying, "Hey, dude." And here's what's what. So the, this question is from Charles, and he wants to know what led to your weight issue. So before we get to the solution, can you tell us a little bit more about how you got to where you were outside of just being able to like to eat and then, you know, maybe it was some of those other emotional issues that you were talking about too that kind of got you to the place where you were? Absolutely. Uh, There was a couple factors that led to my weight gain. I actually gained weight twice. The first time was through sports. I broke my back and um, had to completely stop exercising. I went from exercising seven days a week to zero. Uh, My eating habits didn't change. And I I gained about 40 to 50 pounds then that I shouldn't. Um, Went through the police academy and lost about 20 of that, but still clung on to about 20 to 30 of it that I shouldn't have had, again, just through the wrong type of consumption. But the major weight gain, the next like 70 on top of that, came just from a lack of paying attention to my food. Now, I was always a skinny person. So the fact that I was able to get that big is actually looking back kind of surprising. And it just it just happened. I mean, I was driving around in a patrol car at midnight, my only options for food you know, I say only options, but this is without preparing, were McDonald's and Steak and Shake fast food. I was stopping at gas stations. I was drinking soda all night. I was eating candy. You know, I was just eating whatever I could get my hands on and not paying attention to how clean it was or how nutritious it was. It was just put fuel in the tank, and it didn't matter what I was putting in. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so now we're going to jump back into the story, but I'm actually going to ask Debbie to jump in at this point and kind of, so John is brought to the point where he's coming in the office and you've now just smacked him in the face with probably the last thing he thought he was going to hear. (laughs) So from your perspective, kind of tell us, you know, you meet this guy, how, what is it that led you to even bring that up to him? 
for you know your first time meeting i mean you don't even know this guy yeah, I you know it was certainly not my norm. That's for sure. You know, because I I normally meet with someone for five months. You know, so I know I'm going to have to spend some time with them. So I don't really want to get punched on the first you know visit. But uh, you know, I sat down at the table with them, and my hands were shaking so bad underneath the table because you know I I just have a lot of faith, and I just felt in my gut. You know, I felt the Holy Spirit was leading me to speak uh, faith into him. You know, and I've tried to minister faith into people, you know, for, you know, the better part of my life. And so, you know, when you feel prompted that, you know, someone needs encouragement or if they truly don't have faith, well, this was a prompting like I'd never had before. I mean, my back was sweating. If you would have looked at the back of my shirt, the whole entire shirt was wet. You know, I I was sweating Hmm. because I'm looking at this guy. And then the biggest thing, you know, I had to be concerned about was what was my boss going to say when I – went this direction with his friend, his so-called serious tough guy friend that is, you know, a major bald-headed policeman, you know, just like people don't mess with them. And then I go, you know, religion on him in, inside his gym. So I had that concern as well. But, you know, it, it, it just flew out of me. You know, I, it was something I just truly felt obligated to do. And I really felt that he was not going to improve and that there was something much deeper going on than what he was alluding to and and probably more than what his friend even knew. Gotcha. So thank the Lord. So John it it led me yeah, yeah, led me to to speak to him. Definitely praise the Lord for that. So John, she's just told you now, you have to fix your spirit before you can go even further. So so then what happened? You've never seen someone my size sink so low in a chair before. I mean, I, I just melted into this chair, and she's looking at me, and she's like, so do you have faith? <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, yeah, but, you know, I've kind of fallen away from it. My dad's actually a minister, and, uh, you know, I kind of grew up around it my whole life, but I had just seen things in police work, and I had gotten to such a negative situation. I had gone through divorce, Um you know, I had gotten to a point where I was medicating myself, and that's part of what my depression and anxiety was, having broke my back. Um, I had prescriptions for pain medications. I had prescriptions for depression, anxiety, and then I drank. And so, you know, I think that's a large part of what she saw is she knew the level of self-medicating consumption that I was under on a daily basis, basically just to get myself through each individual day. So I just looked back at her and I just said, you know, I guess I do, but probably not the level with which I need to have. And so we spent this first hour, we were supposed to be together where I thought she was going to tell me I didn't get to eat anything but lettuce anymore, probably talking, you know, 50 minutes of it about how to get my mind and my spirit right. And then in the last like eight minutes, she jots down on a piece of paper and says, this is what you're going to eat. (laughs) And we'll see in a a week or so. And I was like, okay. So I walked out and it was a life altering moment for me because even beyond what she said, it made me come to the realization of where I actually was in my life. And, and for the first time in a long time, I appreciated the fact that I had the ability to be alive. And so I left that office and I went home and I actually took all of my medication and flushed it. I dumped out all of my alcohol that was in the house, and that was the last day that I chose to drink or to give in to anything that had a sway over my mind. 
Um, you know, as I stated earlier, I deal with, I, I've dealt with depression, anxiety, and PTSD, and I just came to a realization of I'm bringing these toxins or these things into my body that have purposes. Don't get me wrong, medication has a purpose, but, you know, I'm doing it in a manner I shouldn't be doing it in to control these emotions, and um, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to live like that. So I hit the ground running. I started eating the way she wanted me to eat. Um, the second time I met with her, she told me she thought I needed to start working out with her and that my, my training might have been just a little bit off. So I began working out with her, and that was a whole hysterical story in and of itself because, again, I wanted to seem tough for her, and I just wasn't. <laughs> she she has me doing movements, and I'm like, wow, I've been doing this wrong the entire time. Um, so I started adjusting and really realizing how bad my posture was and my structure and just how bad I had allowed my body to get and how much that was actually having a detriment to my, my mind and my spirit as well. And so I kind of just set out on this journey, and the weight became such a background forethought that uh, I, I didn't even realize how rapidly I lost it. So within the first six months, I had actually lost my, my 100 pounds. And then at that point, I was under 210, and I told her, I was like, you know, part of the reason I got that heavy was because I actually wanted to be a, a big person. You know, I had been skinny my entire life, and I had wanted to grow muscle tissue. I had just unfortunately been in a world of people who had told me, you know, take supplements, take vitamins, take these vitamins, and drink a gallon of milk every day, and eat a bunch of candy, uh -oh. and, you know, just just get the calories in, you know, and that's going to grow muscle tissue on you. And she's like, no, 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 we can grow muscle tissue on you. You can keep it clean. And so I was like, really, you can do that? And so yeah, right? um, now I walk around at about 260. So she put 50 pounds of muscle tissue on me with it, with clean whole food. And I think what's most important about it is, you know, what this did for me was it, it, it changed everything. I mean, I gave up the only career I ever knew, which was police work, um, to pursue personal training. I, I didn't know what that was going to hold for me. I started off as a part-time personal trainer, not even really sure, you know, if I was going to be able to make a living at it and um, brought us up to where we are today, you know, owning a facility and being able to change people's lives on a daily basis in a, in a similar fashion to what happened to me. And, and that's really what I base my day around is, you know, who can I help today to see that there is a light at the end of whatever tunnel they're going through, whether they're battling depression, whether they're battling anxiety, they're not happy with where they are in life, you know, or maybe they just don't realize what they do have going for them because they're clouded by something that's off with their food or something that's off with their exercise or they're just focused on the wrong goal. Um, you know, and I just, I just each day try to help my clients as they come in to, to be able to have that life altering change that I had. Yeah. But now that, you're, you've had a lot to do and you've had a lot happen in your life. So you understand the struggle. So who better than to be able to, you know, take up that role and really speak upon it. But uh, one of the things that I was thinking about, you know, like when you're saying that you were broken, there's a lot of things that people don't understand when it comes to that struggle. 
that the only person that could basically speak about it would be someone of you of of, of your caliber and your nature because of, 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 of you know your background and where you can come from when you have to speak to them. So you know, going from one side, you know, with the depression, and then being on the other side, which is helping others. How has that helped you grow mentally and physically? Oh my gosh, I can't even explain it. You know, I. I'm at a point now where I I take zero medication for depression, anxiety, or PTSD anymore because my medication is that assistance. When I can see somebody light up or make that connection or change something for the positive in their life, that does more for me than my own change did. You know, just knowing that someone's going to go out and decide that they're going to eat clean or they're going to exercise because they want to feel better and not just because they want to lose three or four pounds is huge because if we can get more people feeling better then in my opinion that just makes our world a better place to live in i mean everybody that i run into it's like i look at them like my mission is how am i going to make your day better today because mine was made to be that and, you know, and that's the reason why, you know, when I, when I will seek out a personal trainer to hire trainers, you know, they're going to represent a brand that I've created and worked and designed to have, you know, stand for what it stands for for the past 15 years of my life. I mean, everything I, everything I know has gone into this. You know, I've blood, sweat, and tears. And there's a cross in the center of our logo for a reason. So the people that I hire it's a God-driven deal, you know. So when I look at John, I tell myself, this guy is a contagious spirit. He is going to take his story and he's going to input it into everyone that he – and he does. It's remarkable. Someone will come in and ask to use our bathroom, and sure enough, John's up there telling them about his heart attack before they leave, and next thing we know, they're buying personal training. But John just has that spirit about him. His story is remarkable, and all of our trainers are the same way. They each have a story to tell, and that's what makes – that's just what makes – sets us apart and makes us different. And, and his story has changed the lives of so many of his clients. That's what keeps them coming in and keeps them pressing on because they, they watch him do it. You know, his life isn't perfect. I mean, he still has battles. He still – you know, but he has – um, the ability to fight those battles now because he has different tools. You know, he just, just had a totally different toolbox before, and that was alcohol, drugs, and, you know, all the other, you know, techniques that he was using, and they were failing him, you know, and now he has a completely different brain based off of the way he feeds himself, and he can handle the things that, you know, he's encountering in life based off of the different set of tools that he uses. Thank gotcha, you gotcha. That. Now, no, definitely, definitely. Now, so, and just to be clear, I know when listening to John's story, it sounds like he walked in and one day you were talking God and then the next day you were talking nutrition and the next day you are talking working out and then all of a sudden he's a personal trainer. And I'm sure that there was more of a process that went into that um, than yeah. what he is stating. So, I mean, it was definitely a growth process over a, a period of time. But I want to take a step back, too. So he talks about, he was talking about, you know, how he had been doing things um, wrong for so long. Why don't you tell us kind of what your, your first workout was like together, maybe some of the examples of, <laughs> you know, where he thought he had it on lock, but he really didn't. <laughs> Oh, I got I got a real good one for you. The the first workout that her and I did together 
was actually back because you got to remember that I was trying to be a big guy. So the only things I trained was chest and arms. So I had never even worked my back because I just thought, you know, Oh, well, if I get big chest and arms, I'm going to be big. Um, so I had done seated rows. I had done lat pull downs, but never done a real back workout before. So she sits me down on this seated row machine and um, she tells me she wants me to do 10. And I look at the stack on this machine and it goes up to 240. And I'm like, I can move that for 10. So I set the stack to 240 and I row it 10 times. And I'm doing air quotes right now with my fingers around the word row. And um, I, I set it down and I kind of look up at her, you know, like a little kid wanting some approval. And she goes, hmm. And so she walks over and she sets it to less than half of what I just did. And she's like, okay, let's try it again. I just want you to do something a little bit different. And so I'm looking at this half stack in my head. I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm going to do this for like 50 to look cool. You know, it's going to be, this is going to be super easy. <laughs> so I grab this, I grab this handle and I sit back and, she comes around and she puts her knee between my shoulder blades, grabs the tops of my traps and pulls my shoulders back so hard that like, I almost can't breathe. And she's like, okay, row it. And I was like, I, I can't, what is that? And she goes, the muscles you're supposed to use when you do a row. <laughs> oh, I, I was flinging my whole body into this movement, you know, just using the fact that I weighed you know, at that time I had lost probably 15 pounds, let's say 290, you know, 285 or something like that. I was using the fact that I weighed that much to use my momentum to move this stack. And she's like, no, this, this is actually the concentrated isolated muscle tissue you need to use to move this weight, you know, and that was day one. So I'm like, okay, great. So I come back for chest day and uh, we get done with this chest workout. And she's like, why do you look so fresh? I don't, I don't think I look fresh. And she's like, well, you look pretty fresh to me. So let's do some push-ups." I'm like, okay. So she has me drop and do five diamond push-ups, five standard push-ups, and then five wide push-ups. And I sit back like, yeah, I nailed that. She's like, okay, now 10 of each. And I'm like, oh, what right now? And she's like, yeah, right now. So this proceeds a little bit higher until I go down and um, I sit back on my feet and you know, uh, she's sitting there and one of her other trainers are sitting there and they were both kind of giggling and they're both females, but they sounded like this. And they're like, he doesn't look so fresh now. And I'm like, I'm going to pass out. Like, this is ridiculous. I've never trained this hard in my life. You know, like this is insane. You know, it was a, it was a completely different level of training than I was accustomed to. The only thing I knew you know, had nothing to do with form and everything to do with just pick up the heaviest thing you can for eight to 10 reps and then rest for three to five minutes. And that's all I really knew. Yeah. And it, I mean, and that's, that's a pretty standard typical thing and, but yet still intimidating as a trainer to go to a guy that's that big that can obviously, it's obviously been lifting. He knows all the guys in the gym and all the big guys are kind of looking at him like, what is he doing with that girl? And then, and then it's very humbling for him when I got to put him in a position and say, are you firing here? I can help you change your body and change the way it looks if you let me structurally align you properly. And so now you're yes. going to have to back off of everything and start focusing on flexibility. And then, then you'll be able to lift heavier. Well, now, I mean, I needed a refrigerator in my garage, and he went and got it by himself. 
You know, he picked up the refrigerator by himself and loaded it in a truck and then brought it over to me. You know, so now he can lift anything he wants, but he's doing it with the right muscle. I told her I swear she saw a big, like, overweight guy that was at the end of the road and was like, I can mold him into the person I want to marry. Ew. Like, I can I can get me a fridge-moving guy out of this. But <laughs> I mean, a moving company should be our second <laughs> second business for sure. I'm just gonna say that for sure. <laughs> too funny, too funny. So now I got to ask because you're working out with John in in his gym. So I'm I'm gonna assume that he, you know, he, you said he knew everybody in the gym, so his buddies were around. So Dale's question is, does he get his police buddies to work out with him? But my question after Dale's is, after they see the workout you put him through, are any of them brave enough to come work out with you guys? (laughs) The answer to that is a little bit of yes and no. So (laughs) after they watched it happen, um, you know, because I was supposed to be the guy who knew how to work out, so they watched me get crushed. They, uh, They come up and they say, you know what? We want to we want to do that and learn how to do that because we want to change, too. But, like, is there a different starting point that we can, like, go with since you've been yeah. lifting longer okay. than us? <laughs> they're, they're looking for, like, the lower stage. And I'm like, no, guys, like, this is the starting point because I'm starting over, too, you know. Um, but we have. I actually have had multiple uh, guys from my department and on the SWAT team that I worked with who have made major changes in their body. And that's another thing that's just near and dear to my heart is watching first responders make those changes. Cause it's just such a, um, it's such a difficult job mentally and emotionally yeah. to get through that. You just, you just backline that physical aspect. Yeah. We need gotcha, to keep them gotcha. well. Sure. Yeah, no doubt. And this is actually leads very nicely into our next question from Bill. Um, and he's asking, what has been the most shocking change um, he's had from or that you've experienced moving from police work to personal training? Probably just the amount of people that I'm actually able to help. You know, I, I got into police work to help people. And I, I got made fun of for saying that in the academy because they go around the class and ask what everybody wants, you know, to be a police officer for and the guy prefaces the question by saying now don't be the person that says you want to help somebody because we you know we know that's a bunch of junk everybody's actually interested in the guns and the fast driving and I'm sitting in the back of class like oh man that's that's my actual answer is I want to help people you know and um, so it was it was intriguing to me to change to personal training and actually see the amount of lives that have changed because of that. You know, I've got one gentleman, he just makes me so proud. I actually just started working with his daughter yesterday. He's been with me for two years now. And when he first came to me, he came to me because he wanted to lose 85 pounds. And he wanted to lose it because he was having difficulty walking around, um, just general, you know, getting around and going. He was going fishing and walking around the backside of a pond, things like that. And uh, when was that, that that he did that run? Was that th- about about six months ago he ran a full Ironman? You know, so wow. you've got this guy that two years ago he wants to lose 85 pounds, and six months ago he, he runs a full Ironman. I mean, I don't know, 
you know, athletes on a regular basis that just randomly set out to do a full Ironman. So just seeing his life change, that'd be what I'd say the biggest difference is, is just watching the amount of people I actually get to help when I thought my first career would be where I'd get to do that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And so this next question is actually for you, Debbie, and Lewis wants to know, how has it been for you supporting John through his amazing transformation? Um, you know, they're, th- they're thinking it can't be as easy as you guys are making it seem right now. Uh, well, you know, it, it wasn't easy. I mean, from the, from the minute we started the process, it wasn't easy because I'm sitting there with my hands shaking under the table. You know, the pressure to know that uh, – the call and purpose that God puts on your life is actually right in front of you. And you're either going to make the decision to shrink back or you're going to make the decision to push forward and to actually run the race that he has set before you. And so it wasn't easy. It's never been easy with the first workout that I had with them, all the whispers, you know, of, of the guys, like, you know, what's she doing? She, she didn't, she didn't know what she's doing with him. And then all those same guys coming up to him, wanting to look like him <laughs> later on down the road, you know what I mean? And so you just have to stay humble and you can't come back at any of that. And you just have to digest it, let them speak it, and then let your results, you know, show, you know, show your, you know, show your uh, professionalism and, and show what you can do with people. But it is a day to day struggle because um, we we have to remain faithful to the true purpose of why we're doing this, and uh, and it, it's really because we know that God's called us to do this. We want to be uh, a light to folks. We we want to be a beacon of hope to people that don't believe that there's a possibility that they can have a different life than what they have. And and John still has struggles, you know. And so as his trainer as his spouse, as his best friend, I have to walk him through those struggles just like you would walk your spouse through struggles, you know. I mean, and then at the same time, I'm still his trainer, you know. So I have to be willing in the gym to say, you really need to take a plate off of that and you really got to get your (laughs) hips right, you know. It's like I'm glad that you can lift that weight. You know, like I got to be willing to step up to Uh, the plate, you know, and say, take the plate off, get your depth, then go back at it, you know. Well, and I think what's important is, you know, like he, like he asked, you know, we make it sound easy. It can't be this easy. I think it's important to remember that it's never really easy, but when you attune yourself to the right tools and you follow the Holy Spirit and you, you really believe in what you're doing, you become better equipped to deal with what's hard. So, you know, I don't want to say it was an easy task because it wasn't. It was difficult, and there were hoops to jump through and hurdles to jump over, and there still are. But, you know, now when I see those things that I have to tackle, I look at them and I say, I have to tackle that, and this is how I'm going to go about it, and this is how I'm going to overcome it, rather than being like, oh, my gosh, that's so difficult. I can't do that. I should go have alcohol or oh my gosh, this is just too much for me. I'm not going to be able to ever be good enough to do that and just not pursuing it. You just get equipped mentally with the ability to do things that you may have even as as recently as a couple months ago thought were going to be too difficult for you. I mean, in faith, Mm -hmm. we've, we've used faith every step of the way. I mean, the word of God is our 
manual. That's how we wake up and, and that's how we fight through our day. And that's, that's how we know how to live our day, you know, and no matter how hard his circumstances have been, the word of God has always been our answer. You know, that's, that's the method that we follow. And we've had a lot of hate, you know, and a lot of things come against us. But even when we come, when it comes against us, we know that we're on the right course, you know, and we just, we just try to stay obedient, you know, and stay obedient and disciplined. And then we know the rest of it will just fall into place and be taken care of by him. Amen. Amen to that. So I think this next question just dovetails into what you said, and you may feel like you'll be repeating yourself, but we're going to go ahead and get this out there because you may have something else to share. But Sam is wanting to know, and this is more for you, John, when dealing with depression, how hard is it to dig out of that hole to even want to really fully start the process of becoming mentally better much more or much less physically? I will tell you that that is impossible to want to do it, but you have to decide to do it because what happens Mm. is in a state of depression, it's going to be impossible to convince yourself to go do something you don't want to do. It's never Mm. going, it's never going to be easy and it's never going to be there. It's not going to feel attainable because depression by its very definition of what it is, is a it's a disease you know so if you have the flu are you going to go run a mile you're you're not going to because you're sick you don't feel well so what you have to do is you just have to decide that i don't even want to do this this is going to hurt it's not going to feel good i'm 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 tired i don't want to get out of bed but you just go do it and this is how you start to equip yourself with these these better tools to engage life because once you're there and you're doing it, you're like, this really isn't that bad. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be while I was laying in my bed thinking about how I didn't want to go to work or go to the gym today. You know, and each time you do that, that's where you start to find the strength to then make those decisions that can pull you out of that depression. But if you're waiting for that feeling to come along and be like, bah, 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 in your head to go do it, yeah. you just have to get up and fight for that. And I mean, don't be afraid to, you have, you need a team, you know, everybody needs a team, you know, and, and maybe that team is a personal trainer. Okay. Maybe it's a nutrition coach. Okay. That'd be great. But I mean, it, it could be a pastor. It could be a friend. It can be going to a supplement store and the people there support you going to whole foods and knowing that, you know, the meat guy knows you're trying to eat clean. You know, you've got to build a team of like-minded individuals and you, you also have to find a formula to be able to follow that discipline. So if it's waking up and listening to a sermon or waking up, listening to a motivational video, sometimes you just have to fake it until you make it. But I even like better faith it till you make it. So you may not feel like it, but just faith, you know, just faith it. just wake up and listen to the sermon, wake up and listen to that motivational. And yeah, it's almost like, like there's been some days for John where I know he struggled and I've been like, look, you got to force speed this. Because right now you just got oppression on you and you just got to let this stuff get in you. Like get it in your pores, you know, and listen to it. And he'll rise out of it. I'll watch him rise out of it. So sometimes it's just force feed it, you know. You got to kind of brainwash yourself with the good, especially when you're not believing it. Oh, I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, One of the things that I'd like to add to this is you are the company you keep. And a lot of times, you know, there's this old saying of misery loving company. 
And sure. if, if you go negative, there's plenty of people that have plenty of negative complaints and, you know, all kinds of bad information to share to someone that's already miserable because that's what they are as well. And it Absolutely. hurts because it only drives people further down. So I, I love the way you guys are saying, you know, to bring it out of there, you've got to get around people that just don't see life in that light. And I know it's hard because, you know, it's like, oh, that means I got to do more. And, and that's a tough spot to be. Mm-hmm. You're basically wanting to be depressed and angry and sad. So, you know, I love the way you said it, and I love that faith that you make it because, yeah, I, I said yeah, there's nothing fake about God. So I, I I run away from that statement every time. But that faith until you make it, amen, sister, I got you. Right. <laughs> it's just too, it's too, it's too easy for you to hear something negative and agree with it because there's usually – truth to it. So if you can surround yourself with people who aren't going to naysay everything you do, like when, you know, Debbie said, when I first started working out with her, these guys in the gym that, you know, they weren't my friends, but they were guys that I worked out shoulder to shoulder with for years are coming up to me and they're saying, you know, if you're doing the amount of cardio she's got you doing, you're going to lose all your muscle. Like you, you always talk about wanting to be bigger. You're, you're not going to be big. She's going to shrink you. You're going to be small. And, you know, in my mind, I'm, I'm watching myself lose weight. I'm getting, quote, unquote, smaller because I'm getting rid of the body fat I need to get rid of. Yes. It would be very easy to hear that and say, you know what, you're right. I need to not do this program because I don't want to get smaller. But the reality is if you keep your head down and driven forward and you keep stepping, following the path that you know is right, one day those same guys will come back and ask how you got as big as you are. You know, they, yeah. they start asking you what you're taking, and you say green beans and chicken, you know, and it's like it's just, it'll, it'll, it'll switch for you. You know, you can do it. You just have to remember it's a process, and it's not always going to be fulfilled from every person you talk to. Yeah, definitely. True. There you have it. Yep, there you nope. have it. All right, guys. So oh, go ahead, Taylor. I said so. No Krispy Kreme cheeseburger. No, I'm gonna tell no you what Krispy though. Cheeseburger. Good. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm Savannah Hackett. Okay, I know that's your favorite out there, babe. But I know it does not even look good to me. I just saw that and I was like, oh my, has a heart attack waiting to happen. But uh, anyway, <laughs> our next question. This is for the both of you. Um, and, uh, you know, Debbie, John, whichever one of you wants to jump in first. But Jake is asking, in this age of heightened anger and frustration, how can good health and fitness bring people back to sanity? Is that even possible? Oh, I think it's definitely possible. And there's there's multiple layers that you could go on that. Number one, your brain changes through your food. So your neurotransmitter levels are either built or they're, they're thrown off by the pattern of nutrients that you take in on a daily basis. So if you're yeah. not consuming the appropriate nutrition, you're not going to have the right brain. So you're going to be depressed. You're going to be angry. You know, you're going to be unhappy. But then the fact that you can get in the gym and you can start burning out some of that buildup that's inside you and just really starting to release the right hormones can change everything as well. I mean, it's just kind of like that old, you know, that old school mentality that you're releasing endorphins. It's a real deal, you know, and it really makes a difference. But I like to take it a step further 
when you start creating discipline in exercise and discipline in your food, you will end up having more discipline in every area of your life. When you can set it aside and you can make the time for it, you end up creating more discipline in all areas, and that's going to change every every other part. You know, really makes a difference. I really noticed that with John is that you know as he that's when it, it started to become more apparent that you know being a personal trainer would be a good move for him because you could just see and sense all these other areas of his life just started to start to fall into place where at one point it was just all total chaos. And I mean, if anybody understands anger, it would be the incredible Hulk sitting next to me. You know, he is like the, you know, he's the king of understanding anger. Well, you know, and Debbie has a scientific background on it. And I'll tell you, you know, just flat out for me from a, can it change your anger? Can it change these, these feelings, these brains, these emotions is, you know, I, I had to look at it like this because I, I have people ask me, like, well, how can what you're eating really alter uh, anxiety, depression, or anger or something like that? And so my way I've had to look at it is, well, why can't a pill? If I can ingest something that's this itty-bitty thing that I shoot down with some water and it can chemically di- digest in my body and it can alter me, why would what I'm consuming the rest of my day not have the same ability? You know, so it's like when I look at it like that, I'm like, I go, okay, well, that makes sense that if I'm bringing something foreign in or, you know, some crazy amount of sugars, that's going to throw my mind off, you know, but I've watched myself come off of medications by eating clean. And then I've experienced, you know, telling on myself, eating wrong for a weekend, you know, and having a bad weekend and bringing those, those emotions back, bringing those struggles back and being like, well, wait a minute, you know, I, I don't deal with this anymore. You know, so I absolutely believe that health, wellness, fitness, it can 100% change your life and change the way you view anger, you know, just go into the gym and, you know, you got people that want to hit a punching bag or whatever your source may be, repping something out, just wearing yourself out. There's something to be said about that release and and just knowing you've expended energy towards something positive rather than something destructive that can change your outlook as well. You know, and there's one other thing that, you know, John was talking about this the other day. There's There's always something behind anger. You know, so it's never yeah. really just anger. Maybe the person's insecure. You know, maybe they're trying to, you know, hide something. Maybe you know, there's always a different layer to anger. Anger is just sort of the actual response. It's the reaction, you not know? the emotion. And so it, it, when you start exercising and you start eating clean, you start changing those things. The insecurities start to improve. There's a lot of areas that start to change. So an area where, you know, you were experiencing anger truly – with something behind that and that exercise and that clean eating can really start to start to make changes in those areas. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and so now we're going to switch gears a little bit in our last uh, couple minutes. Belinda actually has a question that's going to take us to the second half of our story here. So we, we hit on John's transformation, but if anybody saw the, description for tonight's show, then you also know there is also a love 
story that is wrapped uh-huh. in here. And you've already heard you've already heard Debbie and John kind of make little references that might lead you to believe there's something more slight, here than just a yeah. trainer and client trainee relationship. <laughs> and there is. So here's Belinda's question. She says, So I have to ask, when did it go from personal training to more? And how hard was it to cross that line, that professional line? I know it wasn't easy, (laughs) and how much hesitation was there? So I don't know who wants to jump in on that one first. Oh, I I got this. So so (laughs) here's what happened. I came along, and I see this successful, independent businesswoman just doing her thing, going through life, and I'm thinking – you know, here I am, I'm divorced, I've got a, a kid, I'm switching careers, you know, I had gone through bankruptcy, I wasn't sure where I was going to live, and I'm like, you know what, I need to save her life, I need to come along, and I need to just, you know, be her man. No, <laughs> but the, the, rea- the, the, re- the reality of it is, um, we actually developed an amazing friendship. So the day she cracked my shell when we first met in the office, um, was a, uh, obviously a life-altering moment for me. And I felt an attachment to her just as a person. And I was like, this is someone I need to learn from because there's something happening here that I don't understand. And it intrigued me. So um, we actually became friends before I even started um, yeah. personal training. And so we would just do little things together where we could, you know, and hang out. She worked so many hours. And so it was like, more so just talking. And then, you know, I, I got to a point where when I told her I wanted to personal train, I just followed her all day. So I would like work overnight from 6 PM to 6 AM change out of uniform, change into some gym clothes and then go follow her for like another eight to 12 hours while she was working just to spend the time with her. Cause I was just so fascinated by who she was. And I guess the turning point was I had a day where I was just like, you know what, I think this is who I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. And so I went to her in her kitchen and I said, uh, can I ask you something? But, you know, you just can't take it the wrong way. And, you know, that's how you should always start a conversation you want to make really often. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) and so she's like, okay. And I was like, would it be okay if – if I tried to court you and she was like, okay, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. You just, you just said, you just, that's what he did. I don't, I don't know. I don't know who asked that question that way. So when you hear those words, what is popping in, in your head? I'm feeling little house on the prairie right now, but movies we had watched. No, I mean, we'd watched quite a few movies together. That was the kind of fun thing that we would do as friends. And, and I mean, it, it, really John just had a different he was so different from uh really anyone I had spent time with I hadn't dated really in five years because I worked seven days a week and I had not met a single person in that time that I felt like you know God had even led me to even consider spending time with so I just kept working and so you know John had sort of that old-fashioned approach and I respect that and I like that and and I'm pretty pretty old school. So he says to you, you know, could I court you? And so I said, well, are, do you mean take me out on a date? 
And he said, well, of course I want to take you on a date, but really I already know I want to be with you and I don't want to be with anyone else. So I'm just wondering, could I court you so that I would know you were my girl? And I'm like, we're just Aww. friends right now. Like, I'm like, this is a huge step. You're, give, you're, you're giving like the shorter version. I told her because I wanted to prove to her that I was the guy she should marry. She did. She said that. Yeah, so there's that. But then – so you're anyway, listening to all of this, but then at Whoa. what point? What point does the Go personal ahead. trainer in you? What point does the personal trainer in you be like? Um, what am I supposed to do with this? Because I think there's a lot of people that are probably wondering that too. Because where where do you get? I mean, obviously he pursued you, so that's a little bit different. But you're still crossing right. that. I mean, even though you guys had developed a friendship, there's still that yes. professional right. line that exists there. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Well, no, and that's yeah, what's I mean, so funny is even we, being friends was hard. I hadn't even really spent time from a friend basis with any of my clients. So like this was a totally unique situation all around. For and me. that's what's so funny is because we talk to our trainers, you know, about we're very um, extreme on that, like that you can't be seeing your clients, you can't be doing, it. and then we're sitting here like, oh my gosh, you know, we're like the prime story of this, but. Um, the reality of it is what occurred was when we first started working together for nutrition, I actually didn't pay for nutrition with her uh, because I was in a position where our mutual friend had told her that I didn't have enough money to work with her. And so he wanted to pay her. And so she told him, no, you know, I'll just do it out of a favor for you. Um, so we'll just, we'll just get him taken care of. And that's kind of how my training went as well. So it was kind of this like circle friendship that initiated at the same time as this, uh, personal training and nutrition did as well. So we found ourselves hanging out outside of the gym, um, and spending time together in a, in a, in a group setting of friends during the same process. You know, and so even initially when we were first, you know, uh, introduced, it was a much different scenario than here, Debbie, here's a, you know, sure. first time client for you coming in the door. Well, and even in that case, I, I really struggle with, with uh, working with a client on nutrition 100% for free because if they don't make some type of commitment, they never really seem to stick with it. You yes. know, if they haven't put and something in – well, you know, they're just not in it, you know, and I mean, I've done it long enough, you know, to know, but I just really, truly felt like this guy needed my help. And when my boss, you know, who was a friend of mine at the time, you know, you know, when he told me the story, I mean, I knew the guy needed help, you know, and he was a police officer and I, I like helping police officers. I like helping firefighters. I mean, I want them to be in the best shape they can be. So it just felt like the right thing to do. And then after me, I've never offered to work out with someone in my entire career. I mean, ever, not, not one time. John's the only person that I offered to work out with like that. And, uh, and so it just paid off. I mean, he's remarkable. He can't find an hour in his day. I mean, he, John could train from six in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, seven days a week. And that's the way it should be, you know, and he, he's just phenomenal at what he does. And it, it is a blessing for me to change a person's life, but it is much more of a blessing for me to change a person's life and then watch them go and change lives all day long. And I do that all day long Amen. with all my trainers. Amen. But you know, just to be able to come home and, and be with a like-minded individual and know that we're 
fighting the same fight and were you know running the same race. I told you she saw a big bald guy and said, "I can make him what I want." Uh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, because that usually yeah, works, right? Like, well, we are polar opposites too, so it's pretty. We amazing. really are like it. We are so polar opposite. There's actually a TV show. What is that show that you watch called? Oh, uh, Fixer Upper. Fixer Upper, and I'm like, that is the home improvement version of us. Like they are so polar opposite. You know, I'm a hundred percent business. I'm all serious. Oh God. Debbie's always joking. <laughs> you know, dancing around on the the gym floor, and I'm just like, you know, trying to take it serious for the day, but. No, that's flip flop and reverse. Right, but right. we we are we're yeah, polar yeah. opposites. But in, in answer to the original question, yeah, don't date your trainer. Like, right. <laughs> like it's not <laughs> a good scenario. Right. Don't cross that line. But we just had such a strange. Our life was definitely determined by God. It was such a strange bring yeah, together. This past process of our time together and even our time in business together has been such an interesting thing that at some point I'm going to write it on paper just so I, re- I, I believe that it happened. I mean, it's been, it's been awesome. Well, amen to that. And I don't know of a, uh, a better way to uh, end the show. We've got about three minutes left. Um, and you know, we're going to have to have you guys on the show again because there's so much more that you do bring. Hopefully our listeners have been able to pick up by some of the things that you shared that you guys really do know your stuff and you do work a lot with the natural bodybuilding community. And if you guys, you know, if you remember me saying, you know, Misty Weathersford or if you remember Misty saying that she works with Debbie Portell, this is Debbie Portell. And now you've met the uh, other half of Debbie Portell and John Morris. So, just a lot of knowledge, experience wrapped up in these two that, you know, definitely can benefit a lot of individuals, whether you're an athlete or just someone looking to, um, you know, just improve your overall health and wellness. So we will definitely have to tap into these two again. But as we wrap up our transformation love story here, which I've enjoyed every bit of it, and, I, you know, I'm not really like a love story chick flick kind of chick, but this has been oh, yes, this has been great. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not. You can ask my mom. She forces me to watch oh, chick flicks yeah. with her, and I do it because she's my mom, but it's, it's not my first choice. I'm more of an action-adventure wow. kind of gal, but I digress. Wow. So between the two of you, give us one piece of, motivation and or advice to leave with our listeners as we wrap up tonight? Uh, well, I number one, I, I believe discipline equals freedom, and it's just a quote that, you know, it has been repeated over and over again, but if you can create discipline with your food, that's going to allow you to feel good enough to create discipline with your exercise, and before you know it, you'll have discipline in all areas of your life. And no matter what you do, you've got to do it with faith because doing it on your own, it's just useless and you're never going to do it to the extent at which you can. There you go. So you've got to bring God in with you for it. And we really appreciate I the opportunity to be on the show. My advice would be if, if you're wanting to do something and it feels out of reach or it feels impossible or unattainable, find someone to help you. Be humble enough to look for a better circle. Look for the people who are going to make you better because you are, you are only as strong as your weakest link. And if you're running around with a bunch of weak links, I'm not trying to hate on your circle. I'm not trying to hate on your friends. I'm not trying to hate on your family, but I clearly you're in a position that doesn't make you happy. Right. But if, if you're not happy, you got to change that. You got to get around these people that are going to make you better because otherwise you wouldn't hey. be talking about it. So look for them. 
Amen to that. And if you've seen our promo links on P4P Real Talk with Kaylin and Desiree or Midwest Muscle or even our own personal pages on Facebook, we link to Integrity Training System so you can uh, hook up with uh, these two there if you're wanting to follow up with them. Um, Real quick, Deb, I know you have a website. Can you give us that address as well? Sure. It's integritytraininggroup.com. You can also go on YouTube and look up Debbie Portell and subscribe. There are a lot of good cooking videos out there from a nutrition perspective. But if you go to Integrity Training Systems or if you look me up on Facebook, Debbie Portell, there's always posts for both John and I out there as well. Awesome. So thank you so much, guys. On behalf of Debbie and John, Kaylin, the boys from P4P Muscle, your body is a temple, so let's build it. With Snickerdoodle.